You are listening to the Phenom NFL Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to the Phenom NFL Show. My name is David with your co-host Paranji and we have an exciting one today. We have the top 10 head coach and general manager list. This one should be a lot of fun. So, yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. This should be a lot of fun seeing we have some agreements, we have some disagreements. So what do you want to start with? Uh, I think we could start with head coaches. Okay, cool. So head coaches, do you want me to list off my my one through ten? I think we should go one by one. All right, one by one. My first head coach personally is Bill Belichick. It shouldn't really come as a surprise to many. Yeah, I also have Bill Belichick as my first head coach. I mean, six Super Bowls in like 20-something years. He's been just amazing as a coach of the Patriots. And even in a down year without Tom Brady, Belichick is still easily the best coach in the league. He definitely is. He, you know, all the accolades that you just listed, there should be no argument to that really. And now for number two, I had Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid second. Yeah, and I'm going to have to agree with you there. I also have Andy Reid as second. I mean, like with Patrick Mahomes, he's really transformed the Chiefs. And really the only knock on Andy Reid before this season was that he could never get that Super Bowl, despite how great a play caller he was because of his bad clock management. But this year or last year, he showed that he could overcome that. And he finally got his first Super Bowl. And now I feel okay with saying that he's the second best coach in the league. He definitely is. He, the way he developed, you know, now the best quarterback in the league, he's constructed this offense to his strengths. He has done everything in his power to create the best team in the NFL. So number three, I have a bit of a bold take. I think that Kyle Shanahan is the third best coach in the NFL. Yeah, so you have him at number three. On my list, he's actually number eight. Uh, I just don't see why you have Shanahan so high. And honestly, I have no idea why you have him ahead of McVay. Because if you compare Shanahan and McVay head-to-head, McVay is better in almost every way. Like, you look at, they both had one great year where they went all the way to the Super Bowl and just couldn't win the Super Bowl. They almost got there. And then, other than that year, which they had the exact same, uh, you look at McVeigh has had a better record in all of his other years, and his team has really been contending more than Shanahan's team. You look at the year before the Super Bowl and the year after the Super Bowl for the 49ers, both of those years haven't been good year, and despite injuries, you still need to overcome that if you're a great coach. And you can't really say Shanahan or McVeigh is better play calling. They're both great play callers in that regard. But if you just look at winning overall, McVeigh has had more winning seasons and he hasn't really had a down year, and Shanahan has had two down years. So the reason why I had Kyle Shanahan as three, and you just sort of glossed over this point kind of, is the injury aspect. You know, in the one season where he's had a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, a healthy quarterback, he was amazing. He looked like one of the best, you know, coaches in the league, and he showed that even with C.J. Beathard just last weekend against the Cardinals, that he is still a super capable coach. And I know it was mostly Robert Salah, I understand, but Beathard was given a lot of things. He has, in my opinion, done an amazing job. They to, scored 20 points. I know they scored 20 points, but it wasn't it wasn't 
Okay, Robbie Gold. He he put seven out there. He put like seven out there. I don't know. I I still can't see why Shanahan should be ahead of Vic McVay. I mean, okay, I have uh, McVay he had, you can't just bank on the one year where his entire team was healthy. You look at what he's done just like with injuries this year. He hasn't dealt dealt with the injuries particularly well. Their record isn't great. And like Garoppolo was healthy for the start of the year. And even if he was healthy for the entirety of the year, I think they still wouldn't make it. Well, before Jimmy Garoppolo was injured, this was, I believe, a four and three or five and three football team in the best division in the NFL. And, you know, even 20, 2018, he had an injured team and managed to lead them. And it's not just on the field, even off the field, like, he has been meeting with his players to deal with the move to Arizona. I mean, San Fran has been given probably the hardest circumstance all year. You have to move midseason to a completely other state, live in a hotel for half of your season, pretty much. It's not easy. And despite this, they've still been able to be competitive, take down Sean McVay's Rams basically every single time, even though they run very, very similar offensive schemes. And I think that Shanahan... In my opinion, although on paper it's not that way, I think he's been given and dealt a far worse hand. All right, so fourth on your list was McVeigh, and McVeigh is also fourth on my list. So I guess we already talked about McVeigh. Who is your three then? Uh, my three is actually Sean Payton, who okay, you have at five. five. Yeah, Payton does have a Super Bowl, which is honestly the reason why I have him over McVay and Shanahan and he's also a great play caller he's done pretty well with Drew Brees and like people say oh yeah Drew Brees is a system quarterback and while that's not really a knock on Brees because he's one of the best system quarterbacks of all time the man system that he's running is Sean Payton's system so you have to give Sean Payton a lot of credit and he's really done a great job transforming a Saints team that like maybe four or five years ago was just a perennial seven and nine team and now they're a perennial 12 and 4 team and they're competing every year. And even though they haven't gotten over the hump since that one Super Bowl again uh, over the Colts, I believe, uh, Sean, uh, Sean Payton's still a great coach. Yeah, Sean Payton definitely is a great coach. And I had a very difficult time. Numbers three to five, sort of deciding where these guys would go. And well, since. Did you have Shanahan at five or no? No, I have Shanahan all the way down at eight. My number five is actually Sean McDermott. I have no idea why you left Sean McDermott off your top ten list. I just gave him credit to Brian set up the culture. He set up the culture amazing in Buffalo. And under McDermott, like, Josh Allen is really transformed as a quarterback. He's playing a lot better. And even though that's more of the offensive side of the football and McDermott deals with the defensive part of the football – uh, I know that McDermott definitely played a part in Josh Allen's development and the culture he built in Buffalo is honestly pretty great. And he's bringing a winning culture to Buffalo, which they haven't had in a long time. Yeah, it's definitely impressive. And I had a very difficult time putting, um, I'm not going to spoil the rest of the list, but the person I had at nine, actually, I had a very difficult time putting him over. McDermott but I just sort of looked at success and accolades and said although like Sean McDermott is really you know yet to win a playoff game and man's the worst unit on his own team so I guess uh, yeah I can see the argument against him yeah I I understand putting it at five so we actually agreed on number six right yeah we had Mike Mike Tomlin number six yeah so Mike Tomlin, super accomplished coach, doesn't get losing records basically ever. Um, and I think he's only gone eight and eight once, which is just last year. He has a clinch division title again, which is crazy. He, an incredibly accomplished coach who has been manning the Steelers defense for a really long time, which is really impressive in my opinion. And, you know, the reason why he's not up there with the other guys is, he doesn't, you know, he's not only not an offensive coach, but he's just sort of not as accomplished and can entirely keep a locker room. You know, we've yeah, seen, we've seen the way a lot of personalities and uh, yeah. he hasn't been the best dealing with them. But other than that, he has 
won a lot of games, which is one of the reasons why we both have him so high. Okay. So my number seven was Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores. Oh, okay. Brian Flores. I have Flores at uh, 10. So do you want to explain why you put him at seven? I'm going to be honest. I don't really trust Miami's personnel that much. But despite that, he still made, you know, Jerome Baker's having his best years. He made Andrew Van Ginkle, who was like a sixth-round pick, into an impact player on the defense. Emmanuel Ogba, pretty much a letdown in Cleveland. And KC goes to Miami, career year. Shaq Lawson goes to Miami, has a great season. He has completely transformed the culture there. Even this week, Xavier Howard said, like, he complimented him a lot. I forget the exact quote, but he, I mean, he basically complimented, you know, Flores in the best way possible, pretty much. Xavier Howard's a defensive player of the year candidate. He has turned Eric Rowe into, like, a starter, which is surprising in itself. And he's clearly done what he wants, and it's worked. He, I was questioning the drafting ability of Chris Greer, and although I never questioned the Laramie Tunsil trade, I questioned that, and yet still, he's leading a team that on paper shouldn't have 10 wins to being 10-5. and five. And although I don't think they're going to win this week, I think they're still a super competitive team. And when you – he's doing so much with not a lot. Definitely a head coach – of the year candidate. Yeah, I think Flores has done a great job in Miami's second year. And you look at the personnel, it's not great, but it all fits Flores' defense. And he's really made the personnel look a lot better than they are. Although I have to disagree with you saying Andrew Van Ginkle was not that great of a player because he's drafted his sixth round. He's making a bunch of impact plays, and I don't think that has anything to do with Flores. But Flores is still a great coach. I just have him at the bottom of my top ten. Because uh, I haven't seen too much from him yet. And you look at their team this year, they could still very easily miss the playoffs if the Dolphins can't get a win on Sunday versus the Bills. Yeah, well, so I think thing it's a little bit that... early to put him that high above guys like John Harbaugh. But I think he's still a fine coach. Also, with, with Andrew Van Ginkle, I never denied that he's a good player. But, I mean, nobody could have expected that development. Yeah, him. I guess. But... Yeah, I mean, I it's just, they're just players. examples of, I think that Brian Flores has been definitely a big impact. He, you know, had a pretty functioning offense and said, no, I'm actually going to let go of my offensive coordinator, hire Chan Gailey, and it's it's worked. I mean, a lot of the shots he's called have worked. You mentioned John Harbaugh. Well, I have, I have Harbaugh hate. I don't think he is, I don't think he is a bad coach in any way he's actually a really good coach but I just look at the Baltimore Ravens and say okay there's a point at which he's got to stop with his curb mentality like I know he doesn't call plays he's a special teams guy but that doesn't take away from the fact that when he sees something not working he hasn't really adjusted he's sort of doubled down on you know sort of running the football in a way I think that he tried to pass and it didn't work. So I think, although he's not the play caller, I think that there have been some stumbles. There have been, you know, the Earl Thomas incident. Maybe he was unhappy there. No one's really going to know. I think he handled that pretty well. They moved off Thomas pretty early. And uh, who is it? Uh, was it Deshaun Elliott who's playing his place? He's played great so far. Oh, Desha- I'm not denying that Deshaun Elliott has stepped in. And been yeah, a but, player, that, but that there, means there, that Harbaugh has really done a pretty good job replacing Earl Thomas and especially in the locker room I think the locker room has done a lot better and in regards to Harbaugh's play calling about like it not working and him doubling down I have to disagree with you there the run game has been working amazing for the Ravens and since Lamar came back they're 4-0 they're looking red hot going into the playoffs and throwing the ball they're not a bad squad they have I believe the the their second most amount of big plays, like plays over 20 yards this season, which is only uh, second to the Packers. And that's pretty amazing. Uh, You're saying that Harbaugh's offense really hasn't done great this year, but the Ravens have sneakily been a great team this year. And I think it's partly because of Harbaugh and also because of Greg Roman's great play calling. 
So I definitely think Harbaugh is a top seven coach in the league. Yeah, I mean, I I only had him at eight because, again, it's still, I still, you know, there had to be have been something going on in the locker room for Earl Thomas to, like, well, it I mean, happened, yeah, it just you're always going to so have fast. characters in the locker room, but it's, like, about how you handle that situation. I think Harbaugh handled it great. Yeah, I think he probably handled it great as well. But the reason I have him behind Flores is I think he has more talent on his roster if they have the same record. And I think that Brian Flores has really done nothing but good this year. So you mentioned you had, you know, you have Harbaugh at seven, Shannon at eight. Who's your nine? Uh, My nine is actually Matt LaFleur. And it looks like if the Packers can take care of business Sunday against the Bears, the Packers are going to have back-to-back 13-3 and seasons. And Rodgers has been playing better under the floor system. And he kind of showed how the Green Bay Packers had nothing, their success had nothing to do with Mike McCarthy. It was really just Aaron Rodgers carrying the team on his back. And now that you have a competent play caller with Matt LaFleur, the Packers have been doing a lot better. And even though he's had two 13-3 seasons, I don't want to put him like that high because the Packers are a team that they don't really rely on their coaching too much to succeed. But he's still been a solid play caller, and you see how they've been able to run the ball. They're not completely relying on Aaron Rodgers for everything like they used to do, and they're going to be a perennial Super Bowl contender because of Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur's done an amazing job in Green Bay. You know, He's only lost six games, which is a pretty crazy stat. He, although it wasn't really anticipated this way, has probably been the best or number two higher from that 2019 coaching cycle and he has just been a great coach and you know it just shows that Mike McCarthy shouldn't have a job pretty much because he wasn't even that anticipated wasn't even that hyped up of a hire and then he just out coaches Mike McCarthy just so easily it didn't even seem like a challenge to him you know Matt LaFleur great coach implemented that scheme got the personnel he wanted and it worked so and the guy actually the guy I have at number nine is Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll and now I know it's pretty easy to bash on him because of you know his defense a little bit falling apart at the start of the year but it starts to pick back up again once you have you know your best player come back well maybe number two and I think that Seattle is a winning team pretty much every year. Russell Wilson has not had a losing record. He has not actually, like, most of him leaving a couple years ago turned out to be false rumors. He is happy there. Pete Carroll has built a culture in which he is able to. You're muted, David. Did I just talk while I was muted? Yeah. Um, I got some of it. I got most of it. All right, so yeah, Pete Carroll is definitely a really good coach. He has built the Seattle Seahawks culture, which has succeeded for them. He, in my opinion, like, his defense is pretty underrated. It has been a good defense. Is it the best defense in the league? No, it is not. It's contrary to what Jamal Adams thinks. It is not the best defense in the league. He said right now. So he said, I-, I could get behind that, the way they're playing. But, I mean, they haven't played great quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So pretty much, he's been a really good coach. But despite that, you know, the entire Legion of Boom leaves him pretty much after that one call, which wasn't even him. It was Daryl Bevel, which was, was, he he, he called plays. Daryl Bevel, he called plays in in that that Super Bowl. He He called the pass. And... Although it wasn't great looking great for him, he still managed to build it back up. He still managed to keep the confidence of some of his key players up and still managed to build a team that doesn't doesn't miss the postseason. It just doesn't. Yeah, so I have a lot of thoughts about this because I am a Seahawks fan. So I have to watch the Seahawks play week in and week out. And I've seen a lot of Pete Carroll and some of the just boneheaded decisions he makes. And honestly... I'm not sure how I feel about Pete Carroll. I don't have him in my top 10, 
but I think he would honestly be 11 for me. And he's great at building a culture. You see players just come in and come out and they're pretty happy in Seattle. You never really hear reports. Like there were a couple times where Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, they had a couple things to say. But other than that, he keeps a clean locker room. Nothing really goes down in Seattle. You never hear about them negatively, right? But if you look at him in a game sense, as a game planner and an, as an adjuster, he's not that great of a coach. He fails to adjust his defenses repeatedly, and he keeps playing his outdated Seattle scheme from the Legion of Boom era, when right now he just doesn't have the personnel to play that kind of defense. Before they got Quandre Diggs, uh, their starting free safety was like Kedrick Thompson, and they were playing him in the same role as Earl Thomas. I have no idea what he was doing there. So yeah, sometimes he just doesn't good. adjust mid-game. And you see the Seahawks offense, like at the start of the game, they come out firing. And then as the game progresses, gets worse and worse over time. And even before this year, he kept using his outdated philosophy of just running the football. And even though he's not calling plays, he has to have some influence over that. He has to go to Schottenheimer and tell him, hey, could we start throwing the ball a little bit? We have Russell Wilson. Why don't we kind of unleash him? And he finally did that this year. But it didn't really – it worked at the start of the season. But now teams have adjusted. And Pete Carroll's not really an adjuster. He likes to do things his way has the right personnel it'll work out but if he doesn't have the right personnel which he kind of hasn't for these last couple of years despite how great the team is they got a bunch of talent on the team John Schneider has really assembled a great roster but it doesn't fit Pete Carroll's like his system and they haven't been winning despite how great their team they haven't been winning Super Bowls and in the playoffs which is one of the reasons why I don't think I can put Pete Carroll in my top 10. Yeah and you mentioned John Schneider and we have quite contrasting. I think I gave more credit to Pete Carroll than you did, and then subsequently gave less credit to John Schneider than yeah, you I did. Think this would be a good segue into our GMs because we both have uh, David has Matt LaFleur at 10, and I have Brian Flores at 10. Uh, so now we could go to our GMs, and we're starting off with a pretty interesting choice at one from David. I have He's Bill Belichick. Built such a good roster. If it's such a good roster, why do they have two losing seasons in the last three years? When when the roster has been – okay, both times. I think that John Lynch is probably the best general manager in the NFL just because of the roster he has assembled. Is the roster injury-prone? Yes. But he has shown that he's willing to, you know, this acquisitions like getting Jordan Reed back, who when he's out there has been as good a tight end to – And his, how many weeks has he, he's, he been out there? Like seven. And and how well has he played? He's played pretty is, well. Is, is he a top 10 tight end in receiving yards or touchdown? He's not, but he has not only played seven games. He's nothing to write home about. He, I, nothing to write home about, but I think that John Lynch has assembled an amazing roster on every level. I mean, you just look. He takes Nick Bosa, then Debo Samuel in the same draft, Dre Greenlaw. I mean, those are all really, really amazing picks. He picked... Debo Samuel over DK Metcalf. And Nick Bosa was the obvious picket, too. I don't see him doing really anything special there. Okay, well, I understand that he picked Debo Samuel over DK Metcalf, but let's be honest, that was definitely one a worse, not a bad blunder if you if you look at like Philly and Yeah, it, it wasn't a bad pick, but I just don't see how he's at one over other guys. He's assembled his solid roster, but the roster still doesn't have a quarterback. They have one winning season in like the last. I think they're. I think how many winning seasons does John Lynch have? How are you going to put him over Bill Belichick, who has six Super Bowls? Well, I think that Belichick has really struggled to draft as late. He's still two as of late, but I mean, you look at the teams he assembled earlier. As a general manager, I'm going to value seniority over what's been happening recently. It's not easy to build a team, keep them good for 20 years straight. And Bill Belichick has really done that. And even if it's because of the system and Tom Brady being such a great player, he's getting the right guys for a system. And this is a team that didn't suffer a losing season until this year. So I have no idea how Bill Belichick is not ahead of John Lynch of all people on your GM. John Lynch isn't even on my top 10. He's not a good GM. I would have him in the bottom half. I think John Lynch is a good GM. If you look at... Look, he has constructed an amazing roster, consistently great and what draft does he classes. Have to show for it? 
He made a Super Bowl one time his roster was healthy. Look, whether or not the medical staff is any good is a completely different story. Well, that, but that's like calling Howie Roseman a good GM. Yeah, he's built a great roster, but his team never stays healthy. His team isn't even that unhealthy this year. <laughs> I mean, in past years, like you look at the 2018 okay, Eagles. Okay, the San Fran roster the is Super better Bowl. than the San Fran roster is better than the Philly roster. Philly was has, it better than the 2017 Eagles roster? No, it was not. No, it was that was an amazing roster. Yeah, and but they, they you're not going to call Howie Roseman a top They were so player. close to a Super Bowl victory. But he didn't get it. He has zero Super Bowls. And Belichick has six. And he, John Lynch has been in there for like four seasons. And he has three losing seasons. He's been in there for four seasons. He took over a team that went like, that had five wins what's, over what's the past two What's his career record? His career record, it's a little below average. but It's below 500. And he's your number one GM. I just think that analyzing GMs in general has been more of a process, a results over process thing. But I think if you look at the process and if you look at that, I think that Lynch is. No, he's, he's screwed the team for the future. They don't have a quarterback. Uh, unless they move off Garoppolo, they're in a terrible position, Cowboys. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo has like three million guaranteed guaranteed. This, yeah, yeah, they might move season. off of him, but if they don't move off of him, they're in salary cap hell. They have 40 guys to pay, and they have or 20 guys to pay, and they have 40 million to do it. And Richard Sherman already said he doesn't plan on coming back to the 49ers because it's just not going to work with the cap space. That's true. But the thing Fred is, Warner. I trust John John Lynch. In my opinion, although I know you clearly, I clearly like the Niners more than you do. As a Seahawks fan, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that he I he just hasn't been dealt. He he has had the most injured he has in two of his past three seasons, he has assembled a great roster that just got injured to pieces. So in, in, in 2018, was Howie Roseman the best GM in the league? One was he better than Belichick? He 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 literally he was considered but I don't think he, better he was than better than Belichick. And I'm oh going to be honest, I don't think he was. I still, I'm going to be honest. I had Belichick won for like a good 20 minutes before I swapped it around because I just maybe took a little bit of recency bias into it. But I think that yeah, John there, Lynch is just. a lot of recency bias. Okay. I think you'll race. see with my number two, I have almost no recency bias. I value seniority way over recency bias. My number two is actually. Kevin Colbert, who you left completely off your top ten, which just stuns me. Well, I had him out. I had him up there until basically twenty minutes before the recording. Yeah, but I mean, Kevin Colbert—he's been the GM of the Steelers for the past twenty years. He doesn't have a lot of losing seasons. He has, I believe, two or one Super Bowl, and he—he—he he, he turns in a great roster year in year out. You see some of the moves he's made, getting Minka and the roster that he's built this year building up that defense. Normally when teams try and hang on to the past, build their team the same way, it doesn't work. The Steelers' defense, the Steel Curtain, they're pretty much repeating that with Blitzburg. And it's because of Calvin Colbert. He's built a great roster. And I have no idea why he's not in your top 10. The reason why I didn't have I didn't have Colbert in my top 10 is because he's proven that his rosters, particularly on the offensive side of the football, do not have depth. His rosters have, his rosters have not has not have depth. He cannot. If Ben is down, they suck. If Connor is down, or even like even when Bell was down, how many, was, how many losing seasons does he have? He does not he, have. He might have I, I gave more. Okay. I think he has less losing seasons in twenty years than John Lynch has in four years. That is true, but I think we took different angles on this. You took. You looked way more at results than I did, and I looked way more at the process than you did. I mean, over 20 years, I think that's a large enough sample size to see that the process that Kevin Colbert is working, even if you don't like his process, his process is spitting out results year in and year out for the last 20 years. And if you don't like the process that he's has, then you can stuck on these two Super Bowls. He has been an amazing he has been a great GM, and it was difficult to put him out of this list, but I feel like I just didn't give enough. I didn't feel like I just didn't give as much credit to him as you did. And I gave 
credit to such as like the coaching staff, you know, running back coach, the running back coach who they then fired and then their running game went down drastically, like a bunch of, a bunch of that. And, he, and, and been, what about all those years when they had bell and the running game was working? Well, then they fired their running back coach and then it sucked. And they're still way better than the 49ers. They're way, I think that personally, this, the San Fran roster, in my opinion, is better than what Pittsburgh has. Oh my God. I think, okay. Defensively, no. But offensively, I think that he has built, you know, John makes the Trent Williams trade and all of that. I think that. Kevin Mike Munchak has been consistently one of the best GMs at drafting receivers. He finds great receivers year in and year out. He found Chase Claypool in the second round. He's looking to be maybe the best or second best receiver in the draft class. He found Deontay Johnson in the third round, and I know he struggled with drops this year, but he still was he should have been drafted way higher. Uh, he found Antonio Brown in the sixth round. Uh, I'm pretty sure he drafted Heinz Ward. He drafted or uh, he got Santonio Holmes, who was absolutely huge for them in that Super Bowl. And I think you're factoring recency bias just way too much. Look, I might be, but the inability to sort of adjust in a way as a GM. What is he not adjusting to? to? As a GM, you have to adjust to the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is no longer a good quarterback. Get him a good run game. And they have not done that. The run game is okay. Well, atrocious. the 49ers have not done that with their running game is Jimmy Garoppolo far better than what the, and who and their who running is game is far better. Is it is it because it's because of the coach? It's not because of the players he's acquired. Who is John Lynch got? That's their running back. San Fran. Who has John Lynch gotten him as running back? He has constantly okay. Look at they Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert undrafted. Kevin Coleman budget signing. Jarek McKinnon. Okay, not really a budget signing. Jermichael Hasty undrafted. Jeff Wilson undrafted. They're not. They wouldn't produce if they weren't in Shanahan's system. Are, are you going to tell so Colbert why is Shanahan to go and fire? Why is Mike Shanahan Collins? eight? Shanahan is low because he's had one winning season in the last four years. John Lynch's record is one in three. If you're looking at winning seasons, how are you going to have him as one? How are you going to leave Kevin Colbert, who's had two Super Bowls in the last 20 years, off the list? Okay, fine. Kevin Colbert is more Super Bowls. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look at Brian Flores' record and say Brian Flores' record is worse than Mike McCarthy's record and then swap them out. It's not just about wins. It's been 20 years. You can, it's a big enough sample size that you can we look at We agree that Mike process, McCarthy is a bad look coach. At the results. If you and don't yet like he the has process, had results. It's producing results. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. It's a good process. They build a great defense every year. McCarthy and some coach? years, if the quarterback plays well, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Is Mike McCarthy a good head coach? Because no, he I had... never said Mike McCarthy was good. He's a product of Aaron Rodgers. But Kevin Colbert, how is he a product of anything? What is he a product of? He's a general manager. He builds the team. True. I mean, I just had a difficult time putting him over some other, you know, some other teams when this is a guy who I, again, criticize his ability to get depth, which I still agree with. I still think that his depth is lacking. He doesn't, you know, players go down and Although, you know, the defense didn't really go down. The offense goes down, and the offense is terrible. You know why? Because he has failed to acquire depth, unlike some other general managers who I put yeah, here. Well, like talking Brandon about Bean the recent teams that haven't Chris had offense. And... What about those Super Bowl teams that had great offenses? Super Bowl teams that had great offenses? Yeah. He did a good job then. When Big Ben was he, in his prime. He, they had one Super Bowl window where I think he's done a, you know, a good job with offense. And I think that also, what about all this? He doesn't look at personality enough. Yeah, but it builds great rosters. Are you going to tell me that Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown were not great draft picks because their they were, they were personalities were bad? Bell and Brown were amazing draft picks. However, you can't just use the John Dorsey approach and then get a good offense. The John Dorsey approach is if he's a criminal, I want him. That's basically what John Dorsey did. It, it, it's not wrong. I mean, he took, he took Antonio Callaway, let's be honest. So I just, I just do, do not, I do not trust 
his ability to acquire depth. And to be honest, I kind of regret leaving him off the list, but I mean, you would have criticized me about leaving off John Schneider anyways. Well, you shouldn't have put John Lynch on your list. And then maybe you would have been able to put both of them on there. (laughs) Okay. We're spending too much time on this. Let's move on. your, Your one was Belichick. My two was Belichick. And your one was John Lynch. Mine two was <laughs> Kevin Colbert. So now number three, uh, I have John Schneider. You have at 10 for some reason. And honestly, I'm at the reason 10 why. Because he has failed to draft in the first two rounds other than Metcalf for the past five seasons. Okay, but it's the first two rounds. He's finding it, the past five seasons. What about those other years when they had the Legion of He Boone? had one good draft. He had two great drafts. Not even good, great draft. The two best drafts of all time, maybe. He got. One draft in those two drafts, he got I think Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner, Bruce Irvin, Russell Wilson. How was that not? And then he wrote on good. He could have built the greatest dynasty of all time if he didn't. It wasn't his fault they threw it at the one yard line. He would have built the greatest dynasty of. It would have had two Super Bowls. The fact that he was even close to building one of the greatest dynasties of all time means that he was a great GM. Not I think that. What other GMs is, have had the opportunity to be that good? Belichick and who else? Who? Belichick. Um, who else? I mean, Veach is about to get it. Maybe. But it wasn't no, even... come on. He is about to get the opportunity. Let's be honest. If Brett Veach drafts well, Patrick Holmes wins like five Super Bowls. Okay, but first let's finish talking about Schneider. I have no idea why he's at 10. He's, the he's reason why I have him the as 10 is because Seattle he has not drafted well yet, most seasons. And he has he not shown the consistency in the draft. He has not shown the consistency in the draft for me to be able to do it. He, he doesn't Let's draft this year. well Jordan Brooks, in early reach round. at the time, still reach. Jordan Brooks has been a great pick. He's playing way better oh, than Patrick Queen. No, he's People have criticized him. For, look at their PFF grades. What is, what is Patrick Queen's PFF grade? Patrick Queen alone his pff grade jordan brooks has been playing behind the best linebacking core of the league he's been starting i've I've watched seattle games jordan brooks has played pretty well for the team this okay what about daryl okay okay do you want to know i know daryl taylor's pff grade what is patrick queen's pff grade 29.9 that is the least among all linebackers jordan brooks they still regret you to gross matos though that was my next point yeah, they could have picked Utrecht Gross Matos, but it turned out pretty well. You saw he picked up Carlos Dunlap. He traded for Jamal Adams. When they got both of those guys back, the team has been pretty good on defense. He he finds he consistently finds guys that no one is thinking about. Like the Quandre Diggs acquisition, that was amazing. I, I, I've always thought that that was a great acquisition. Yeah. That was Quandre great, Diggs is he, a super underrated player. DJ Reed, they just got him from the San Francisco 49ers, John Lynch let go of. From their practice squad, he picks up DJ Reed. He's been one of the, not one of the best, but he's been a great starting corner for the Seahawks this year. And his, uh, him starting over Trey Flowers has coincided with the Seahawks really becoming good again. And you can criticize him all you want for his early round picks, but he's made some great late round picks. Uh, he picked up Shaquille Griffin in the third round. That was just an absolutely great pick. Uh, he found Chris Carson in the seventh round. That was also a great pick. Uh, Damian Lewis, he drafted in the third round. He looks like a stud at guard. Dwayne Brown, he traded a second-round pick for him. That was a great trade. Tyler Lockett in the third round, great pick. DK Metcalf in the second round, amazing pick. And he made some great trades. He's he's great at trading. He picks up a lot of great guys. He never overspends in free agency. And he's a good late-round drafter. So if you look past the early-round drafting, he's been a great GM. Seattle's a winner year in and year out yeah but at the same time he has not been he has okay what are his this this year in the late rounds he had a good draft he got i mean Frey swain in the seventh he got but he has passed up on multiple like good players he took cody barton a pick before bobby okariki he took he took like daryl taylor right before just so many better players. Okay, I know Daryl Taylor's been hurt. You haven't seen Daryl Taylor play yet. I had a okay. I had a sixth round grade on the guy. I did not like him. Yeah, but we haven't seen him in the NFL yet. And and he he Pete Carroll runs an intricate system. He needs a Leo. Most other teams are not looking for a Leo to play for them. 
So it's kind of a bit tougher for John Schneider to make draft picks because Pete Carroll doesn't really adjust. We know that. So he has to pick players to Pete Carroll's system. And honestly, he's done a pretty great job with that. Thing is, I don't think he has gotten the offensive line to be where it needs to be for, for I mean, you, you've seen that offensive line is pretty bad. I don't think I mean, he, he has... picked up Brandon Shell. Brandon Shell has been a great acquisition. At oh, right yeah, now. no. Here's someone Brandon Shell went down. The Seahawks this offensive is, line. This is like so the best hard. offensive line they've had since they traded away Max Unger. And they have like yeah. three good players on it. Yeah. The offensive line has been better this year. And yeah, you can he, look past that if you're going failed. nine and seven or better every single year. And it's because of his rosters. Not it is a team. miracle that with that offensive line, Russell Wilson is not necessary. And who drafted Russell Wilson? Him. And that 2012 draft was probably the best of all time. And the 2011 was the second best of all time. Mm. I'd have to go through a list. But the 20, also, the 20... He, he picked up uh, Marshawn Lynch. I think he traded him – or he, did he sign him? Or I think he traded him for like a third or fourth round pick. Yeah, for Buffalo. I think that I just do not trust his ability to draft in the early rounds. He has been terrible. He, he took Rashad Penny. Yeah, sure. He took Rashad Penny, and and do you know who he found in he the seventh an, round of a, in the year one year? No, I think Carson, who isn't even a first round value at running back. What? You, he you don't take running backs. You don't take running backs in the first seven. round. You don't take running backs in the first round. Yeah, you ever. don't take running backs in the first round. You don't. But like, you can't criticize you take them him in for the finding Carson in the seventh. And that know, wasn't I'm not a great pick for that. The, but what I'm saying is, if you're investing a first and seventh in Carson and Penny, I think. That is probably a loss. Yeah, it's not a great, uh, not great value to pick a running back in the first round. But he's not the only GM to have done that. I know he's not. He, the he's only still GM a great to have done GM. That. I mean, if you look at if you look at the the GMs on it comes as the overall package. You look at the GMs on my list. Literally, absolutely nobody on my list other than him has taken a running back in round one. Oh, uh, you have you have Brett Veach at. Three, you can't talk. Oh yeah, wait. Okay, nobody else. <laughs> nobody else. No, you, you, you can't. Ballard took one uh, at the start of the second. Yeah, no, he took Lamar, one in the middle uh, of the Eric second, and it worked. <laughs> okay, maybe. But what I'm saying is, I just haven't trusted the decision to draft in the first round. I don't think the I don't think that trading multiple first round picks for Jamal Adams. It's it's no, more he's capitalizing on their contending window. I you saw the defense have been way better with Jamal Adams. He has been better. It has been better with Jamal Adams, but at the same time, I think that he could. He's being a little irresponsible with his assets. Well, we'll see if that. Uh, well, John Lynch has been more than irresponsible with his assets. He drafted Fred Warner with the third round pick. Nobody and do cares. You know, he's gonna pay Fred Warner like eighteen million this because he's one of the top five or six linebackers. And, and how is he gonna the pay NFL? the rest of the team? He's going to manage the cap. He's He should move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, whether or not he does that. And I know the, the contract looked bad at the time, but all of the guaranteed money's over. Literally all of it is gone. He, they they, yeah, literally, he they literally saved $24 million by cutting him this offseason. And, and who's their quarterback going to be? Who's their quarterback going to be? Well, it's looking like they might get Trey Lance. I don't think he falls that far. I think Carolina's at nine. We'll pick him up. Definitely. You have before. multiple options. You could, you know, pick up Arnold. You could all, I think that. He, he has three losing seasons out of four seasons, and you have him as your top GM. All right, we'll move on to your number three. So you have Veach. Brett Veach at three. And you had him at five. I'm at five, so it's not that far, but uh, I don't see the hype around Veach. Like, he hasn't done anything that spectacular. The Patrick Mahomes pick was not Veach. That was John Dorsey. I know, but since then, look at what Veach has done since then. So so he's been Tyron Matthew on a budget. I mean, he signed for like 15 million. Tyron Matthew was not paid what he deserved to be paid. Tyron Matthew has been. No, no, he wasn't paid what he deserved to be paid. He has been four- a top three safety this year. And he yeah, Tyron Matthews was a good signing. What else has he done? He drafted a running back done? in the first he, round. He has, with basically no capital, drafted a comp. I mean, it's not a good cornerback room, but it's a competent one. 
I mean, with no capital, it's okay. It's better. It's better than like what Tampa. It's better than what some teams have thrown out. I think it's probably better than what it has. And I think that the fact that you know they're not losing games, he has. That's not because of him. John Dorsey put the he put the structure in place. And Brett Veach is just taking advantage of that. What has Brett Veach done? He he's gonna end up losing Tyreek Hill and Tyran Matthew because he spent a stupid amount of money on Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Okay. That Frank Spending Clark amount of was money. terrible. Okay, that was how do you how do you upgrade from D Ford to Frank Clark and you lose a first round pick in the process? That that I criticized him for that. But signing Chris Jones, Chris Jones honestly kind of deserves that money. Yeah, and okay, if you want okay, Frank but, Clark, it looks like a home run. Okay, so, so I think you're criticizing Frank- John Schneider for his first early round drafting, right? You look at what Brett Veach has done with his early round picks. He drafted Willie Gay. He hasn't been playing he, great. He's been, he's been good. Willie, Bay, Willie Gay has been good. Willie Gay has been a good linebacker. He, he's been all right. He hasn't been anything special for the team. And but he, he was a value at 63. In, in his first round picks, he's traded away – Two or no, he traded away one of them to upgrade from uh upgrade from D Ford to Frank Clark. And he drafted he drafted uh Clyde Edwards Alaire with one of them. So what what is he what good has he, he done in the first two rounds of the draft? He has basically rebuilt the entire interior offensive line. Who did he draft in the first two rounds? Who did he draft? He, none of them were first two round draft picks though. No, no, yeah, but that's what I'm saying about John Schneider. You criticize Schneider because you said, oh, he's not drafting great in the first two rounds. Well, what has Brett Veach done in the first two rounds of the draft? Brett Veach has, I mean, not been, I be, wait, his first, was was Veach around when Mahomes, I believe he was not, but he, he didn't was, make the, he didn't make the Tino Conspagion pick, right? Or however no. you pronounce his name. Okay, good then. <laughs> so I think that, Okay, look, if you look at the interior offensive line, he signs Austin Wiley out of nowhere, Nick Algaretti, depth piece, like sixth round, Collegio Smele, out of nowhere. He was amazing before he tore his ACL. Mike Remmers, out of nowhere, been a pretty good filler for Mitchell Schwartz. And like Laurent Duvernay Tarnif, he, he wasn't any good before he came. He wasn't. He wasn't in yeah, okay, okay. So, so you're going to say that he's made great acquisitions, right? And that's why the reason why you have him. He has been able to protect Patrick Mahomes. Ahead of Schneider, right? He has been able to protect Patrick Mahomes far better than what Schneider has been, been given but to Schneider, Russell Wilson. So your whole argument is that Brett Veach has really taken what Dorsey gave him, and he was able to secure that. Well, not only did John Schneider build it by himself, but early in he his years, he was able to secure that. <laughs> Well, then it all right left. now, Brett Veach, Brett Veach is right now what John Schneider was in 2014 if Schneider, if he didn't build the team. Brett Veach is what Schneider was in 2014 if he didn't build the team. If Schneider didn't build the team. It's true. Well, then you have him at he five. Just, he inherited so why, a Super why did Bowl you team put... and he kept it together. That's, Her- that's what no, it was. It, that was not a Super Bowl team, though. That team didn't make the Super Bowl. With Mahomes, they would have. They they didn't the first time. The first time they didn't because and Mahomes then he was and young. then he gets Tyron Matthew and then puts him over. Mahomes was the MVP that season. In the year where he won MVP, he didn't win the Super Bowl. People are like, "Oh, Patrick Mahomes is going to win back to back MVPs," which he won't. But he didn't even win MVP last year. Yeah, so he, he, built, he okay, okay. And he also he managed to keep he, he, he also managed perennial... to keep the team three and three. He also managed okay, to acquire okay. the backups to make keep a team three and three without Mahomes. He, he and their losses AFC were to like Green Bay. He took and an AFC championship team and brought them to one Super Bowl. John Schneider took a and perennially it, eight and, and eight it's team, likely to and be he killed. took them to a Super Bowl. It's and after that, he had a bunch of winning seasons in a row. So how are you going to say that Schneider is below seven spots below Veach? Hmm. I don't know. I probably should have put Schneider higher in hindsight. Higher than John Lynch for sure. <laughs> I still... Okay. Who is your four then? 
my fourth would be Mickey Loomis. Okay, he was my sixth. He was my sixth. I think it, he, he's been amazing. How does he do what he does with the cap? Yeah, he, he, he really He traded for Quan Alexander. He, he was trying to find a way to trade for Jadavion uh, Clowney for the season by making the Browns pay his salary. He has been an amazing GM. I, I had him at six just because I, I'm going to be honest. It was very, it was a very difficult decision putting him at six, but he's still an amazing general manager. Yeah. I had actually um, amazing. I had Ballard at four. He's been an amazing yes. drafter. He's I mean, been Ballard is a guy that, drafter. yeah, you look at the process of Ballard and he's had a great process, but you look at the results that Ballard has produced and it's not been great. They're like, not half he, bad. He, Okay. They're not what did he do the offensive line? Yeah, he he built one of the best offensive lines. He legitimately and he went the worst to first. He doesn't have a quarterback to show for it. So he he went Philip Rivers is average this year, maybe a little below. I average. think I think it was a terrible acquisition to take Philip Rivers. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't like it at the time, but it's it hasn't been half bad. They're not winning a playoff game this year. They so probably won't the if they don't get a good matchup. Like they're not gonna was, find a quarterback this offseason unless like the most definitely Falcons could. are. Unless the Falcons or Lions are planning on trading, what Ryan's, is what is Ryan's stopping staff. them? What is stopping them for sitting Wentz for a year and fixing the guy? I think they could get Wentz, but if you look at what he's done and so paying far, him like, nothing, and we're, paying we're going him. too far into hypotheticals. We look at what Ballard has done so far. I think he's been GM for three or four years. He's produced two winning seasons, and he's won one playoff game. That's pretty good, but he had I his, he have had his that top, top quarterback top retire on him with and he, what and he is has looking right to now to be a Super Bowl roster. Well, he, he replaced him with an average quarterback. He didn't even try to draft a quarterback. Like, at replaced least him with an average quarterback. Guy. Well, he, he took a flyer on someone. He did. He was perfectly fine with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. He, and you, you keep bringing up hypotheticals. What, oh, what was Josh he supposed to do? Who was he supposed to do? He missed out on Josh Allen. The what Quentin Nelson. Was, okay. The Quentin Nelson. Why are you? Why are you? Why pick. are you criticizing? Picking Josh Allen. Picking Quentin. Picking po- possibly the best offensive lineman in the league, who has allowed one sack over in his a last top three quarterback this year. Over a top three. They had Andrew Luck on the roster. How was he supposed to say? Oh well, I expect, expect this guy was going to retire. Did he even? Did Andrew Luck play? No, Andrew Luck didn't play that year. Andrew Luck didn't play the year before, but he was coming back and he was going to be healthy, and he played healthy, and he was amazing. Andrew and, Andrew, and guess what? Andrew Luck wouldn't have been healthy without Quentin Nelson, who was allowed one sack in the past forty-five snaps, which was caused this past week by Cam Hayward when Philip Rivers held on the ball for eight seconds. I guess, yeah, I didn't realize Quentin, that Luck played the year after. But in the last two years, he has not found a quarterback. In the he last, should two, not have rode with Brissett. He should have found another quarterback. How could he have found a quarterback? Season. How could he have found a quarterback? Luck retired he August one twenty nineteen draft. Twenty. Who was he supposed? Why was he supposed to draft a quarterback? Tell me now he that taken at the a time, flyer on the guy. Like at least a- try to get like Stidham or Minshew or someone. You can't just sit back and say, "Okay, Jacoby Brissett's going to be our quarterback," and now we're picking thirteenth in the draft and we can't do anything. Well, no. Do you know when Andrew Luck retired? Four months after the draft. Four months after the draft. August twenty fourth, oh, four months after the draft. Oh my bad, then he should have traded for like <laughs> four right. months after the draft. Look, there was nothing he could have done about that seven and nine season, and it would have been eleven and five if Luck was there. I guess it would have been eleven and five. I can criticize him for the Rivers signing though. A little, yeah, but let's be honest. Okay, name a name. Okay. Chris Ballard is a great floor. What, what should they have done? What what should which quarterback should they have gotten? Should should they have traded for Nick Foles? Should they have traded for Andy Dalton? Should they have no. traded for Cam? Should they have signed Cam Newton? Should they? They should have drafted one. And, uh, even if you didn't trade DeForest Buckner, at least take a flyer on a quarterback. Look, I think they definitely had. If Jordan Love fell to them, they probably would have taken him. They didn't. Oh, they. Yeah. Well, obviously, it wasn't going to fall to them because they traded their first round pick for DeForest Buckner, who has been amazing. Yeah, that that was a great trade. DeForest Buckner has been like second to Aaron Donald in terms of interior defensive line play this year. I guess the situation for Ballard has not been the greatest, but he's not. He just 
He raises the floor of a team. He's not raising the ceiling. He's yet to have a bad draft. And he's yet to have a chance at a Super Bowl. He is yet. He had a chance at a Super Bowl, and then his starting quarterback retired two weeks before the season started. That team was not going to win the suit. That that team was not beating the Chiefs or the. Okay, it wasn't going to win the Super Bowl, but if they made the acquisition, if they like, if they traded Buckner, like this team with Andrew, the current ten and five Colts with Andrew Luck, could have definitely been a Super Bowl contender this season. Maybe this year, but I still don't think they would beat the Bills or. Most Colts fans believed that 2019 was just going to be a, okay now win another playoff game and 2020 was going to be your like okay like legitimately compete for a super bowl because that was what he was setting them up for and he had was thrown a complete curveball had his top 5 quarterback i mean he was given he was given luck the uh, maybe not he's not better than wilson he's not better than rogers he's not better than that but he's better than like Probably not better, better than, than Mahomes, Brady's. not better than Brady, not better than he's better than Watson. He's he's better than how Brady's been played the past year or two. I mean, we're talking two years ago. Yeah, maybe, but okay. It would now be like his play now would probably be top five, if not very. No, his very play close. declined. His his last. I mean, if his he last continued season playing, was so good. No, he I had, mean, like if he, he continued, had, he playing, had five of five of his fourteen interceptions were tipped. Which is just an absurd stat, and then I, I I just counted this on my head when I was watching the games. To be honest, that is just how absurd his tipped interceptions were, and like Andrew Luck was all he was given. What else was he given? Yeah, I, Grigson a was a he terrible. He was given a regressing GM. Ty Hilton. He he built a great team and he really raised the floor, but he has not raised the ceiling at all. He. He has given everything but, like, a court. Okay, look at the defense this man has assembled. My main problem with Lit- him is no, the river siding. If he didn't make the river siding, I'd be comfortable putting him. See, okay, okay. So why do you have him above Loomis? I have him or, above Loomis because Chris Ballard, not- in three Lizard. seasons, was given nothing and made it just a really, really good football team. So, so would you rather be given like a four and twelve team and turn them into a ten and six team, or be given eight and eight and turn them into a Super Bowl team? Hmm, probably eight and eight. I don't know. So that's that's what Schneider did. Yeah, that that is what Schneider did. But then there's nothing else to go off of. Past that, he hasn't been that good. There's nothing else to go off of for Ballard. He. Okay, every yeah, so, single so you're 2018 draft so for Ballard. No, I'm not for, for trying. The other I'm guys, saying he. Like I'm saying and, he immediately took a four and twelve team, made them great, and they were going to get better. Until you know what happened. Okay, I, I think we should move on. My five is Eric DaCosta. He is very good. Yeah, I have him at eight. I mean, you. We haven't seen enough of him. Uh, who was the last GM? Uh, um, how, um, what do you call it? The, 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 completely blanking. It's not I'm completely easy. blanking, and he was so good as well. Yeah, Ozzy Newsome. Yeah, Ozzy Newsome. He was. So yeah, good. I mean, we haven't seen a lot from DeCosta, and most of the work that, like, the structure the Ravens have built was because of uh, Newsome. But uh, I still trust in. I believe the moves that DeCosta's made so far are pretty good. But not good enough to warrant him over like Brendan Bean, who I've had him. Okay, I had I had Bean two pick. I had, I had Loomis one lower and Bean two. And here's the thing with DaCosta that I like a lot. He is super willing to acquire old talent that are expensive and adjust to it. Calais Campbell. He like he bought low on Campbell. He bought low on Ngakwe. He bought low on Earl Thomas, and if he didn't have a personality issue, he would still be very good. He bought low on Marcus Peters. I mean, four of, like, the top seven defenders on that team were acquired in by-low situations, and they all worked. That's why I'm so impressed with them. Yeah. He has had the willingness to, you know, he said, I can find this and figure out the cap situation later, just like the guy behind him, Mickey Loomis. Okay, let's move on to um, Brandon, Bean. Brandon Bean, who I have at six and you have at seven. I mean, he's 
one of the reasons why Buffalo was so good. He drafted Josh Allen. That was a great pick. The defense he built has also been really good. Yeah. I've been really impressed with Brandon Bean. He's super good. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to number eight. I have to, uh, we You have John Robinson at eight. I have him at nine. So do you want to explain why you have him at eight? Yeah, John Robinson has done an amazing job. He can consistently find value in the draft. Harold Landry, A.J. Brown. Christian Fulton was value at the time, but then he got put on IR. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Besides Okuda, who wasn't even – I, I was pretty low in that corner class, but Fulton was better than, in my opinion, Terrell. He was better than Arnett. Wasn't better than Jalen. Henderson. What? D.J. Henderson. Uh, maybe I had them. I had Johnson has vastly outperformed him. The Isaiah Wilson pick was. Well, yeah, I no. Do you want to know what my? Do you want to know what my um, my draft was one through four? I went. My rankings went. I believe it went. Okuda, Henderson, Johnson, Fulton. All right. Which then is that's four. pretty good. So he found him, and then AJ Brown, and then Harold. I mean, you, you can't say he found him if he hasn't done anything yet. And then he found AJ. Okay, look, look like at his player. look at his twenty look at his twenty nineteen draft. Jeffrey Simmons, beast. AJ Brown, good pick. Beast. I mean, that alone is an amazing draft. And then he got Amani Hooker has been their best special teamer, which is pretty valuable to get in day three. And trades for Ryan Tannehill, amazing. He has been an above-average quarterback, and they traded, like, what, 2024 for him? That was amazing. And yeah, I, has... I like the rosters John Robinson has built, and the offense that he built has been pretty great. Uh, my only problem is that he really couldn't get a pass rush or a defense this year. Like, even the back end has not been great for the Titans. Well, Adoring Jackson I think has he can build a solid team, but he's not really building a Super Bowl team, and that's kind of the flaw that I see in Robinson and a guy like, Ballard they're not going to build teams that can get you all the way to the Super Bowl and honestly I'd much rather have a guy who can bring an 8 and 8 team to a Super Bowl than bring a 4 and 12 team to a team that's 10 and 6 every year yeah so I, I mean, guess it just I still think that Robinson's a really good GM though okay, he has still see. consistently drafted really well been completely willing to buy low at sometimes it's worked Ryan Tannehill sometimes it hasn't Vic Beasley Davion Clowney. And I think that, of course, his handling of the pass rush has been low, but what was he given? What was he given? I mean, he, he has two good defensive linemen. He went from he zero to He was given a two. nine and seven team. He was given a nine and seven. They were nine and seven every year. <laughs> they were nine and seven no matter. Look, the Tennessee Titans, I'm shocked that they're even winning 10 games. I'm shocked that they're not going nine and seven again for no other reason that they, they always go nine and seven. They have the talent to win 10, but they're – it's it's the Titans. I expect them to go nine and seven for the rest of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. So, so number, number nine, who you have at ten, Andrew Barry, first year in Cleveland, turns a six win team into what's looking like it's gonna be an eleven win playoff team, hires the correct coach, brings like goes like does does a Chris Ballard to the offensive line, but a little less drastic. He, you know, defensively i know it hasn't been great but i mean he brings in ronnie harrison that was a good move he you know has had some mishaps but at the same time gets bj goodson out of nowhere he's been a good first and second down run defending linebacker he has done a lot to help this team that john dorsey although he acquired beckham he's not even winning with dorsey's pieces other than mayfield yeah, yeah, I think Andrew Barry really took the team that Dorsey put in place because it was not great what Dorsey did. He made just he went for all the big moves and then Dorsey complimented that or sorry, Barry complimented that and he made a bunch of small moves, improved the roster and the, the important places instead of going for the like the high name big name guys like Beckham. I mean like Hooper and Harrison Bryant are far from flashy tight ends like David and Joe Goo. Yeah, but, but those were great playing in Joku. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what Barry has done is just so impressive this year. I mean, he's given the Cleveland Browns their first playoff berth in a very, very long time. And he definitely deserves to be regarded as really a GM. Yeah. So now let's just recap uh, 
for my head coaches, I had Paul check out one, read it to Peyton three, McVeigh four, McDermott five, Tomlin six, Harbaugh seven, Shanahan eight, Lafleur nine, and Flores ten. And you had Belichick one, Reed two, Shanahan three, McVeigh four, Peyton five, Tomlin six, Flores seven, Harbaugh eight, Pete Carroll nine, and Lafleur ten. And for our GMs, at one, I had Bill Belichick. You had John Lynch at one. At two, I had Colbert. You had Belichick. At three, I had Schneider. You had Beach. At four, I had Loomis. You had Ballard. At five, I had Beach. You had DaCosta. At six, I had Bean. You had Loomis. At seven, I had Ballard. You had Bean. At eight, I had DaCosta. You had John Robinson. At nine, I had John Robinson. You had Barry. And at 10, I had Barry and you at Schneider. Hey, well, for those of you who stuck around the whole way, thank you for listening to this episode of the Phenom NFL Show. If you're interested in listening more, we have published numerous podcasts, including some with this pairing. And with that being said, that's us. Goodbye.